only watch conventional TV and read <clears throat> the newspapers, you're going to have a very different view of the world than if you look at the alternative press, get onto Rumble or, or um, sites like that that give you an alternative viewpoint. I'm assuming if you're listening to this that you're at least prepared to listen to alternative viewpoints. Now, it's apparent to anybody who does listen to alternative views that the world is moving in a, a strange direction. We're actually moving towards the days of the Antichrist. And it's obvious that this is going to get worse and worse. Now, this current situation would go for about six or seven years, probably be about the same time as the length of the Second World War. When it's over, the people who backed it all, who, um, you know, were fighting for the, the woke crowd and so on, will all turn around and say, oh yes, well we didn't know any better. Now, you could argue that if they only listened to the conventional news outlets, then, well, they wouldn't know any better. But one of the issues here is that even if you did only listen to the conventional news sources, these news sources are inconsistent in themselves. It should be obvious to anybody who thinks that what they're telling you can't be the whole truth. It's They equate anybody who's against, for instance, um, the trans movement uh, is equated with being Nazis and being uh, racist. Now, it's obvious to anybody who thinks about this that this can't be true, especially if some of the people accused of being Nazis are actually Jewish. And... It's true of all these arguments that in one, one way of putting it is that they people fall through the cracks eventually. They're inconsistent within themselves. Now the atheists argue that people who are religious simply blindly follow a religion and they don't think about it. Now in some cases of course that's true. Many religious people just follow dogma. But the atheists too just follow dogma. And what they argue is inconsistent in themselves. I've uh, mentioned many times and I've also put a lot of arguments on my website as to how the whole Darwinist argument doesn't stack up. And I can go through that more in future podcasts. Now, not only is there an inability to analyze the information that these people have there's also a fervent desire one might almost say a need to justify their views now this is view of all dogmatists of course the worst thing that can happen is that their dogma should be called into question and so they put up any defense to stop that happening as I say, this is as true of so many religious people who see religion as a dogma as it is of atheists, which is also a dogma. I saw recently a review of a paper that explained that the 
difference between two types of uh, dolphin was around 300 genes and that given the rate of reproduction of dolphins and, and so on this would have taken so many billions of years just for that change between one dolphin and another and of course extrapolating from this the argument in the paper was that Darwinianism doesn't add up because you know there's time scales are too long and I've, and I've talked about this many times in my uh, in my uh, well here and in my my website but what was interesting was the comments uh, which were very very few accepting that the vast majority uh, were split into two groups one group and, and this is bizarre said no no we can't we have to accept Darwinianism because if we don't then it leaves us open to a belief in God now it's incredible that people supposedly intelligent people can put this forward as a so-called defense of an argument they're basically saying we have to hang on to our dogma even if it doesn't make sense because the alternatives well are just not worth thinking about this is and I've said atheists are like kids running around with their fingers in their ears refusing to listen to anything that goes against their dogma the other half, uh, and a good proportion of the other half, obviously somebody had come up with this argument and everybody else piggybacked on it, said that um, the COVID uh, virus uh, mutated within a matter of weeks uh, from one type of COVID to another, and therefore if COVID could do it in weeks, therefore, you know, the, the whole it implying that a dolphin could change to another dolphin in a matter of weeks I mean it, it, again it doesn't make sense but scientifically it doesn't make even less sense when you consider that viruses don't reproduce so there was a basic inability to understand science and of course this is what we find with these people who want to defend science or the science actually as they put it in the paper uh, there's no such thing as the science there's a scientific methodology which can be adhered to strictly or adhered to loosely and sometimes can be totally misapplied mis and um, most of the people who talk about science have no understanding of what the scientific method is our education system is so poor that people don't uh, they're not trained in this, they're not given this, they're told that science is true, they're given Darwinism at schools as if it's fact without anybody even you know, questioning it. Now they're given even more crap about um, global warming and things like this without any scientific dis discussion about it at all. Even the basic understanding of what male and female is seems to have gone out the window. And it is one of the signs, in Muhammad, the Holy Prophet of Islam, did say that one of the signs of the last days, and we're approaching the last days, is that knowledge will be lost, and we can see it, and it's happening so fast, within a matter of a year, things have changed enormously, and they're speeding up. So this is a warning analyze understand listen to alternative viewpoints because one of the things we find and i've found this consistently talking to people who 
who I, who I don't agree with, I'm, when I say, look, let's discuss this, let's go, is that they never take me up on it. They never want to discuss. And many of them will say proudly, oh, I won't talk to, um, you know, religious people or fascists, as they call them, or whatever label they want to give. Now, I remember years and years ago, we're going back to the 80s, there was a group in England um, who called themselves an anti-racist group who set up to say they were going to give no platform to racists. This was their slogan. And so they would um, get on to all the, the media and the papers and so on, and some group came up who they perceived to be racist. They said, you mustn't have these people on your show. You mustn't talk to these people. Now, of course, this group had set themselves up as basically judge uh, in executioner. They had decided that a certain group was racist and therefore nobody should be able to listen to them. Nobody was uh, able to form their own opinion as to whether these people were racist or not uh, because that had already been decided for them. Now, this was back in the 80s, but it was a precursor to what we can call the woke crowd nowadays and this idea that um, people who don't have an argument that you should agree with uh, mustn't mustn't have any platforms so they're banned you know any argument against covid is banned from facebook i was banned from medium and, and so on and so on the argument and in fact if we go back even five years um it was, I remember, really just had a constant argument. It's an argument against China and the, China, the system in China. And they said, to have democracy, you have to have freedom of speech. And of course, there's a lot of truth in that. Because how can people make their own form an opinion in order to vote democratically unless they have all the facts? But now, within a few years, the argument is completely inverted completely inverted. The argument now is, oh, one of the signs of a democracy is that we don't allow people who aren't democratic or who are racist or whatever label they want to give them to have, um, to have expression. It's complete, it, this is George Orwell's 1984. The whole thing has got inverted. Now, as I said before, we have to look at these things intelligently. If you're not allowed to listen to people who somebody, some arbitrary people have decided are racist, how do you know if they are racist? How do you know what racism is? You know, the, 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 to my mind, the real racist now are the people who talk about white supremacy and Black Lives Matter and all this. They're bringing race into a situation where race often doesn't even belong. These are the real racists. But if you criticise transgender, you're accused of somehow racism or whatever. There was an incident not so long ago in America where three black policemen beat up and killed uh, a black, uh, black bloke they were arresting. And, uh, of course, before it was realised that the, the policemen were black, the whole thing blew up, that this was another racist um, attack. But even when it was known that they were black... You know, they said, oh, yes, well, this is racism, somehow. You know, the whole, the, the word racist has come to mean anything that people want it to mean, which means effectively is meaningless. And because it's meaningless, you can apply it to any group you don't like. You just label that group a racist and say, well, we're not going to allow them to have any 
expression. Transgender movement talk about right, um, hate speech and things like that. If you're against or, or have any criticism of, uh, of of anything to do with transgender, and that criticism can be quite mild. And so we talked about they talk about hate speech again. It's one of these words that has no meaning. It's an emotional word. George Orwell, in one of his writings, he was talking about this is during the war, and uh, he talked about articles to, with uh, the mention of the jackboot, the German jackboot. He said the jackboot is just a boot. And uh, he says, but the, you, you express it as a jackboot because it gives that emotional edge to it. Now, I remember seeing a, a, an article by where after Donald Trump got into power as president and a woman you know, from the New York Times or one of these papers went for an interview with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interview, as you can imagine, wasn't very favourable, but she says that when she arrived, there was Donald Trump sitting there with his henchmen. Now, if this was uh, Barack Obama, these same people would have been described as his minders or his supervisor or whatever, you know. But because it was Donald Trump, they were his henchmen. This is the same emotional connotation as a jackboot. There's, a st- there's an argument that goes around and comes up every so often that we should ban the swastika. You know, it's a hate symbol. Now, the swastika is a society. In fact, it was an early, it goes way, way back before the Nazis as a Buddhist peace sign, ironically. And people want to ban it because they see it as a symbol. Now, this idea of symbols is that there is no... Uh, real meaning behind it except the emotion you want to put on it and in a way this is exactly the same as these words hate speech racism so on they're words that have no meaning except the emotional connotation you want to put on it so people don't think rationally they react emotionally and this is the whole idea of what's moving our, our system towards the catastrophic end that we're going to, is to eliminate rationality, dumb down our education system, and people simply react on an emotional and an instinctual level. And when I say an emotional and an instinctual level, if you take rationality out of things and we get an emotional reaction, we then respond to that emotional reaction in an instinctual way, which is to lash out. Now, I might have mentioned before about a client I had once. This has always stuck in my mind. He was um, he came to me because he had anger management problems. Now, he didn't come because he wanted the anger management problem resolved. As far as he was concerned, it wasn't a problem for him. It, but he was going to see a judge and he wanted to be able to see his kids. And he wanted to be able to say, look, I've seen everybody. I've seen a hypnotherapist, you know. And we were talking away and his story was quite uh, horrendous. You know, he beat his wife up and sort of pinned her against the wall in front of his kids and so on. The wife left him. Um, he couldn't see his kids except under supervision at a police station. He had to go to a police station. There had to be a policeman there monitoring him and he could then interact with his kids. And he had no rem- real remorse about any, any of this. I mean, he, li- he didn't like the fact that he couldn't see his kids, but um, there was no real understanding of his situation. And then I said to him, 
I said, why do you think that most people don't do this? Why is it that most people don't beat their wives up or, you know, hit their kids or anything like that? And he said, ah, he said, they don't feel like I do. If they felt the same as I did, they would react in the same way. In other words, it was incomprehensible to him. So you could have a feeling and not react to that feeling. Because there was no rationality. Now, we did do some work and there was quite an amazing change, I think. But this is for another story. But in a way, that's the way our society is moving to eliminate rationality and turn us into instinctive emotional reactors. And because there's no rationality, these instinction, these emotions can be manipulated and then people can be herded and moved into a direction that the authorities who are over, you know, and above them is the Antichrist, want us to move into. And of course, a strong element of this movement is against religion. And it's what they call empowerment. Now, empowerment is to say to people, if you want something, you should be able to have it. If you want to change your sex, you should be able to do that. Um, if you want to abort your baby, you should be able to do that. And um, we're going to give you an unlimited amount of money and so on and so on. You shouldn't have to work for your living and so on. Now, of course, all this, or none of this, one might say, uh, would uh, enable a society to, to survive in the long term. But these people who manipulated this aren't interested in the survival of society in the long term which is why the catastrophic end is about to come. They are, in one sense, on a higher level, interested in your soul. There is um, an afterlife. And in the afterlife, you pay the consequences of what you do in this life. And I've talked about this before. That for everybody there's a part of them, a conscience, that uh, we either follow or we go against. And when you die, that conscience is there. Various aspects of that conscience are there. And it's the conscience that comes back to you and sends you to, to heaven or to hell because, um, you know, people say, oh, God, God does this. And, you know, God sends people to hell. No, God doesn't send anybody to hell. This is your own conscience. And what these people do is they cut yourself off from your conscience by giving in to your base desires. They've cut you off from religion, they've cut you off from God, and they've cut you off from your conscience, which is your lead, your thread, your link to God. This is why it's the work of the Antichrist. So always we have to get back to rationality. And one of the great ironies is that the Quran emphasizes rationality, emphasizes thinking about things. Thank you for listening. You can email me phil at graham.net 
you can look at my website, Philip with one L dot Graham dot net. Graham is B R A H A M. And if you send an email, put podcast in the subject so it doesn't get lost. Thank you. I'm <laughs> sorry.